and welcome to another episode of the Film As We Know It podcast, the show that's run by and for cinema fans. I'm your host, Tim Callahan, and with me as always, Zach Hamilton. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, man. It's been a minute. You know, we, uh, I think the good news is, it's a bit of bad news, bit of good news. We won't get into my bad news, but it's good for the podcast in the sense that I will have a little bit more time <laughs> to make sure that we actually hit our bi-weekly schedule. So, uh, thankfully, you and your brother Patrick, one of our other hosts from Throw the Knife Productions, uh, have been carrying the torch with uh, Film Bros Championship podcast airing as usual, every other Friday <laughs> on the dot. So and, uh, it's great that you guys are at least, you know, up to date. So we have something for you guys that's film related. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. So, you know, moving forward, you know, basically at the end of the day, contracts ending, getting a new uh, gig. I hope something that will be a little bit less demanding on the hours, both for my family, but also for our podcast so that. We can a little bit be, be a little bit more punctual. It's certainly not Tim's fault. I can put that out there for the <laughs> listeners. He is always punctual. He's always killing it as usual. I try. Yeah, but we're here and I'm excited. It's a special episode. Why is it special? Well, I, I guess we're we're finally getting around to uh, ranking our personal favorites of 2022. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Now, the question's going to be. How big is this list? I was planning on 10 total. 10? So like between the both of us, 10? Yes. So that'd be five each. Is that is that going to be hard for you, though? Because I know that um, you're probably like, well, I prepared a list of 50. Well, it's not 50, but I do have 21 movies on my list. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, well, you know, you got to make it a little bit long in case you pick something that, you know, that I was going to throw out there as, as sure. some of my personal favorites. So, um but yeah, no, I mean, top five should be fine. I don't, uh, and then a combined 10 list. That's sure. Sure. All right. The other option is, and I could feel, you know, really nice about this is we could do a top 15 giving you the majority because obviously that wouldn't split equally. <laughs> but then you would get an extra movie, which I feel like is fitting given the fact that you just told me you have 21 movies on your list. Well, I don't know. I guess we, we could always keep it uh, five each and then maybe some uh, one or two honorable mentions or something. Yeah, right. I like it. I like it. Let's go with that. OK, there you go. See, we we talk it out on the show. You know, there's <laughs> no there's no barriers. Who needs to plan? This is the behind the scenes. <laughs> um. Awesome. Well, I will be nice and I will give you first pick oh. on your top five. All right. That's. It's so difficult. Um, well, my list, Lord. Yeah. So I, I guess, um, you know, it's, it is interesting because I think, what is it, this week? Was it this week that they did uh, release all the Oscar uh, nominations and such? Yep. And uh, I think, uh, what was it? The 17th of January is our Visual Effects Society nomination uh, list, which is not as all encompassing, but right. I did have a hand in that, which was kind of fun. Cool. So I guess that's something fun that happened while we've been away. Well, I guess my first pick is is going to be a movie that I felt was snubbed. Mm. And I feel like nobody seemed to love the movie as much as I did. I think uh, more people saw it when it came out on HBO Max, which is good that it's getting seen, but um, it's just not getting seen enough. And I think it needs more props. And my number one uh, pick is The Menu. Mm, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. So I... It's I remember you guys talking about it. Uh, 
Yeah. And you you guys being Patrick and yourself talking about it, we <laughs> actually have a bonus review of, of it on Films We Know It. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I listened to it, but sparingly, because I didn't want to spoil it. And you guys were really good about that, which is hard to talk about a movie that's that, like, intense without like getting into the details because you kind of want to because it's so insane yeah um and the thing is it hasn't been spoiled yet for me well i guess it has and it hasn't right like so i've seen things out of context youtube has a great way of just randomly picking an algorithm and this is the shorts that you'll see now you're gonna see clips from this tv show or this movie subsequently the menu has popped into my algorithm so i've seen two scenes completely out of context uh, and read some comments for the context. And I don't think that it ruined it for me. That's good. But it made me really want to watch it more because I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I had a feeling there was some weirdness. Oh, yeah. And some like some, how do I say, darkness to the film. I mean, the poster looks unnerving to begin with. Yeah. So you have that underlying tone. And but yeah, you can't go wrong. It, it is it is expertly casted everybody's amazing in it. Right. Ray Fiennes is amazing. And a Taylor joy. Nicholas Holt is, has me cackling multiple times. Hong Chao is hilarious and she kills it. John Leguizamo. There's, there's just so much to, to enjoy with that one. I forget that he is in them. Not the first movie about chefs he's been in, but definitely the darkest one. Probably. For sure. <laughs> but it's not as wholesome as chef is what yeah. you're telling me. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think people have to have an open mind about it. Uh, my parents didn't quite get it uh, and and they didn't really like it. But I think otherwise. I can tell you from the two scenes that I've seen without explaining it to the audience, because, again, we're trying to be nice with spoilers here. Um, I can tell why they didn't like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the one scene I saw, like when you just said that your parents are like, oh, no, they would not. My Because I know my parents would not be down. Yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. Um but if you have more of an eclectic taste, um, it's just so much fun. There's there's so many amazing lines delivered throughout that movie. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to go too crazy in depth because I kind of already went in depth <laughs> in an earlier episode. So, yeah. Yeah. But I understand why it's on your list for sure. Um, for me, I'm going to go with another movie that I feel like was a little bit snubbed as well. Uh, well, kind of really snubbed, which is going to be Nope. Yeah. I mean, I get it, I guess. I don't know. I honestly, I'm kind of confused because Get Out did really well. Um, And this movie, I think, is up there as far as like just definitely unique. Definitely. Although I will say to Patrick's point, I can see the Jaws comparison for sure. But it isn't Jaws, though. It's not like a literal reboot of Jaws or something like it is its own thing. And I do think that it is a unique twist on the UFO genre and or alien genre. Uh, for sure. But I mean, also, and we touched on this and we try not to do this because obviously we have a show together um, where we save it for the podcast. But we had dinner the other night and we were talking about how even like some of the cinematography. Yeah, there was some really interesting stuff that they did for that film. It is visually awesome to look at. Yeah, that I mean, if nothing else, I could have gotten a cinematography nod or something. You know, if, if it's not if it's too hard to fight against others in other categories, there were definitely areas where it still exceeded and did really well that I think it could have been picked for. Yeah. Um. One of the crazy things that they did in that film that I got to see, 
I touched on this earlier in the episode, but I'm part of the Visual Effects Society, which is kind of like the Visual Effects Artist Guild, kind of like SAG or, you know, IATSE, stuff like that. And so one of the benefits of that is I got to be on the nomination panel this year uh, and the voting committee. So I actually get to, like, figure out what we're going to put forward for nominations for certain categories, as well as vote on every category as to what I feel like would win. Obviously, that culmination of voting would then lead to whoever wins. But what's really cool about that is we get a lot of really awesome submissions from all of these films that are basically showcasing what they did and what makes it worth being nominated or worth winning. And one of the before and afters was for Nope. And it was really interesting because they filmed it in infrared and in regular film. Hmm. Like, so what's interesting about that is there's a lot of day for night in that movie. And I don't know if you even noticed that um, when you're watching it, but what they wanted to do was still capture what it would like, what it would be like to film at night. But that's really hard to do when you do day for night because just the lighting's different. The shadows are different. How the clothing interacts with lighting as well. Like there's just so many variables that it makes it really obvious when you're seeing a, a, sh- a day for night, essentially, for those who don't know it. It is literally what it sounds like. You shot a, a scene in the daytime and then in post you made it nighttime, right? Uh, for whatever reason that could be, it could just be scheduling. It could be like, this is the only time we have this location. We have to film it in the daytime. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about filming it in infrared is it inverts everything, right? So now they've got more data, more data, more uh, info in the darks that you would normally not have in a daylight shot where you're trying to switch it. And so that allowed them to kind of blend everything together. So you actually get more of a true you know, nighttime shot, even though it's shot in the daytime, a big thing for this would be having that silver sky, right? Like that actual like illuminated sky, I thought was really interesting. So, but again, you know, yes, this is partly post, but that's also a lot to do with cinematography. And I don't know of a single show that's done something quite like that. Infrared's not unfamiliar. They did this on Irishman to film all the tracking markers. All the tracking markers were done in a makeup that would only be seen in infrared. Hmm. So they could film everything normal and they didn't have to paint anything out of like all the tracking markers on the actors' faces because it only showed up on infrared, which is also really crazy. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Irishman having quite a lot of de aging throughout the entirety of that film, so that would be the reason for tracking markers on their face. Um. But yeah, so I thought that nope. I mean, like I said, that's not the only thing that I thought that they did. I think it was shot really well. Yeah. The landscape shots, especially. I mean, you and I both saw it in theaters. Yeah. And I will say that I do feel like that there are movies that are good in at home, you know, on a big screen. And there's some that are great in a theater. And I do feel like we both agree that that was great in a theater. It goes up another level in the theater for sure. Especially the the shot of the thing over the house or over the car looking up and the water and stuff coming down. And, and Oh, it just adds to it. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's breathtaking to look at. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I agree. It, it That's another snub. I, I think some people just didn't get it. Um, especially like... This stuff with um, with what's his name's character, the ranch, um, the show yeah. guy and his backstory as a kid and the the monkey and all that, which I, I think it, it actually does make sense. And it's it, it is quite great. But I think to a lot of people, it was just kind of weird and they didn't understand that. And I, I think that might have been part of it. The other thing that I thought was really cool that came out of the uh, before and afters, which I had a feeling to a degree, but I didn't know the ex- like the the extent of it all. All the clouds that you see in the sky in that movie are all fake. 
Yeah. Not just the ones that are interacting with the UFO, because we do kind of come. This is a bit of a spoiler. So warning, uh, we'll come back to non spoilers here in about 30 seconds to a minute here. If you want to fast forward real quick, but the clouds interact with UFO. It's a way for it to kind of watch people without being obvious. Right. So it kind of blends and camouflages itself as a series of clouds. But what's interesting is because there was so much movement and so much uh, dynamic action, the clouds themselves were also kind of a character. So they're all fake. Mm. And that really kind of blew my mind. I didn't realize that every single cloud you're seeing in the sky is fake. And again, these are invisible visual effects, but it is kind of cool. Um, Again, this would be part of the reason why I was being nominated or up for being nominated for VES award. But again, like I said, the cinematography is fantastic. I think the story is really great. The acting, of course, is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's just they Jordan Peele does a fantastic job of making you very on edge and tense in his films. Like you genuinely just like it makes you unnerved. The dude is only getting better. Plus, you got an Akira reference with the motorcycle. You can't you can't go wrong with that. Right. With the motorcycle slide in the western town. Uh, when she's running away. I guess, but uh, unpopular oh, dude, opinion. Oh, that is a full on, if you look at them side no, no, by no, side. No, I, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm granting you that. I'm just, uh, I'm kind of a, I think Akira uh, is a bit overrated. But nonetheless, so that is mine. So we're up to two now. Yeah. Tim, you chose the menu. So far, I've chosen Nope. What is your next one, man? Everything, everywhere, all at once. And I'm going to get yelled at like I did at dinner. Because I still haven't seen it. Uh, there are so many movies I need to see, genuinely. Um, and that is on my list still. But I've seen enough of it um, to know why you would love that film. It looks fantastic. I really thought it was going to be... Like, I thought, like, how many times I was seeing people blow up about this movie. And there's, like, Twitter arguments about how, like, oh, my gosh, this is the movie that should get more recognition. And there was, like, people mad about, like that people haven't had enough love for it. And like, and then we had our, our guest episode and Lee was on here talking about how good it was. I was like, man, I'm starting to think this is getting way too overblown. Right. And then it finally comes up on Showtime and I watch it and I'm like, damn, it's really good. (laughs) They're all correct. (laughs) It's funny that you say that everyone is demanding more recognition, but I will say that they did have a good showing at the Golden Globes. Yeah. It got nominated for Oscars. It's the front runner now. And that's the thing. It actually got nominated in a lot of categories for the Oscars. So I do think it is actually getting the recognition. Now, whether that was because of the campaigning of the people. Yeah. And obviously, there's always a campaign for an Oscar run anyway uh, on the film side of things. But it definitely worked out because they're nominated in quite a lot of categories. Yeah. But it's a beautiful story between generations and and a mother and daughter and and their trouble connecting with one another. Yeah. and and as much as it, it is out there and it has a lot of fun with itself, it, it but it, it has insane dramatic moments in action and science fiction. It has so much to it. Um, it it's got everything in it. it huh? Yeah. Everybody deserves their nominations. The only one I thought that was like a little weird was. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, getting nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um um jamie lee curtis i thought not that she wasn't good she was she was good she just i just didn't understand like nominated good like i don't (laughs) how many scenes is she in i mean she's she's kind of in it throughout but she's and um but it's weird like yes she is like a, a a character that's there throughout but i wouldn't call her like an essential character either like it's not like she has so this makes me laugh 
And I'll tell you why, because I just we were talking about finding our next show, my fiance and I finding our next show to kind of binge when we were bored. And I told you that we just finished Entourage and you're like, oh, OK. But you were kind of like, eh, you know, it kind of fizzles out. Yeah. And then I mentioned the movie and you're like, oh, yeah, that movie. Oof. Yeah. But what's funny is that movie ends with Johnny Drama, the guy who's always trying to get an accolade, something, someone to to know, recognize his talent as an actor is in like four scenes in this movie. And then throughout the entire movie, they're telling everybody like, oh, like those actually I didn't even know you could act until I saw you in this, even though they are only like four scenes he's in mm-hmm. ends up winning a Golden Globe for best supporting actor. And so it's kind of funny <laughs> you tell me now that Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, but not really integral. But then now she's nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. I just I feel like she's had better performances that wouldn't be like willing like that. I could see her getting nominated for and it would be odd for her to win for this role. Maybe I think so. Again, I haven't seen the film, but based on what you're saying, it's like, oh, she won an Oscar for what for what movie? And then you'd say <laughs> this, you'd be like, OK, that's interesting. Yeah, it's not like she was bad by any means, but just like. Are, are we sure there was enough there for yeah. for her nomination? I'm not. I mean, she's not going to win, um, but it should be interesting. And that's also unfair, right? Because it puts her in a situation where it's like, well, it's going to be tough to win that category based on who she's up against with yeah. more meaty roles in a supporting, you know, role, right? Yeah, I mean, because she's going up against her um, her co stars. I think are are also in that same category. Um, the woman that plays it, the daughter, I believe, is also um, nominated. See, that, for that makes more sense to me. There's a lot more emotion there. There's yeah. a lot more range in the performance. No, for sure. And 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 the daughter is uh, really good. And there's a lot there uh, uh, from her that I would be like, yeah, I can totally see her winning. So it's, it's like weird because yeah, she's nominated in best supporting, and so is Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just like uh, what? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Um, but Hong Chow is nominated uh for the whale um and she was in the menu and i have not seen the whale yet but um i don't you know. know so we signed up this is a little bit of a rant here or a side part that we tend to do on this show this is, uh, listeners <laughs> know if you're this deep in the episodes you know this is gonna happen that's why you're here hopefully um but your brother does AMC A-List, and so yeah. I signed myself up as well as my fiance up for A-List, so that way it's still 40 bucks a month, right? It's 20 bucks each, but we're able to see up to three movies a week, um, and it's all covered. And I'm like, dude, even if we see four movies, that's five bucks a movie, you know, every time we go. If we see four movies a month, essentially, right? So it's still worth it. Yeah. And so we always have the option to go see a movie. It's like, oh, what, what movie you want? And the whale kept coming up and I'm like, God, I love Brendan Fraser. I love him in Doom Patrol. Like he's fantastic. I think that that's also an underrated performance of his, even if it is just in voice. Um, But I'm like, I want to see the movie because I've heard such good things. But like, I just was not. And again, this was a tough week for me. We won't get into my personal details. I'm like, I just don't know if I'm really willing to be depressed. Yeah. In a movie, you know, like I kind of want to see something funny. It would have been too heavy for you. We'll get on that here in a second because I just watched a movie that was also kind of depressing, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but um, but yeah, The Whale just looks like it's going to make me very emotional in a good way. I do feel like it, he's getting you know accolades for the right reasons, um, but I do need to see it. So It's not high on my list of things I want to go see. It, it, it's like another one of those things like Precious, you know, where it's like, 
yeah, I get there's good stuff in here, but it's it's just too much. It's too much emotional <laughs> that I, I to watch, and I don't know if I want to go through that. Uh, but anyway, at least she's getting a, a knob, and she was fantastic in the menu. I'll say that, but I haven't seen the whale. But yes, everywhere, uh, everything all at once. Um, fantastic movie, loved it. Nice. Now I got to come up with one. Uh, hmm. Well, okay, let's go more mainstream here. Okay. You might fight me on this. You actually are going to fight me on this. Oh. And I'll bring you back if you don't choose it later. Uh, but the Batman. Uh, dude, it was going to be my next pick, probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, All right. I love so, it. Okay. Okay, cool. I thought you had, I thought you weren't like as big of a fan as everyone else was of the portrayal. What, of Batman? Yeah. No, I liked it. I, I was I was definitely worried going into the movie that I'm like, ah, oh, we got dark Batman um, again. And like, I didn't, I didn't know if I really wanted that again because um, we got already realistic Batman. But, you know, it did such a good job with it, um, with the journals and a kind of like a voiceover thing, which is so comic book like. Um, and then at the end, he's kind of realizing he needs to be more than than Punisher and he needs to bring hope. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're actually kind of nailing this this is really good yeah uh the, uh, the again the cinematography and stuff in that movie oh is also God. phenomenal there's so many shots that are just like panels yeah that you could just see as like a double page panel that looks amazing on the screen oh the only thing that i had trouble with is the barry keown as the joker is a little troubling to me that doesn't look ideal or great and <laughs> yeah he's that, like, but that's more of a worry in the future than than really in the movie so i've heard good things i don't know if you saw the deleted scene i did i'm not i'm not i'm not thrilled <laughs> yeah and i mean he's going a route with it for sure I, yeah. that's a tough one for me because i like him as an actor yeah and he is in well i don't want to spoil stuff but he is a good actor i just for sure the joker is a tough one man but you know the thing is like there have been now I've seen him as the Joker now, right? And we've both watched the deleted scene. So I've seen roughly what he wants to bring to the table if he gets the part right. So it's not like we're speculating here. We've kind of seen the route he's going. Right. But what I will say is that we have seen actors that you wouldn't traditionally think take on that role do really well. Heath Ledger, I don't think a lot of people thought, obviously now, hindsight, amazing Joker. But when you say Heath Ledger is going to be the Joker, I think a lot of people are probably like, really? The Joker? I don't know. I mean, it's just superheroes in general, right? I mean, you think about um, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man was kind of a weird thing that people couldn't get over at first with Paul Rudd being a comedic actor, being going into an actor. But yeah, of course, you have Michael Keaton. Mr. Mom is Batman. What? So it's definitely happened before. But you you kind of hit the nail on the head there with with saying we've kind of already seen the direction things are going with this joker yeah. so the troubling feeling is kind of justified yeah i feel like at least for us but who knows who knows maybe they'll some tweaks and things or something to look better but he's just definitely not who i would have pictured or imagined either um and i'm not exactly liking what i'm looking at so far but regardless it doesn't take away from how good the batman is and that's the thing. It's like, I feel like a lot of people, I defended Robert Pattinson going into the movie being released because I'm like, look, everyone said the same shit about Ben Affleck and you can say what you will about Ben Affleck. I think that he was written poorly in Justice League. Yeah. I think that he actually is a good Batman when he gets good lines. But the route that they went with this comedic, oh, I'm an old timey Batman and that's a joke versus like kind of like a cool thing, like with the Dark Knight where it's like, well, he's a grungy, grizzled, you know, veteran 
crime fighter like that's kind of a fun edge right whereas the way that they wrote it was kind of just like oh get too old for this it's like i don't that's that's not yeah that's stupid well you know? it's yeah it's kind of the same thing with uh what's his name superman too um i think the the casting was was good it's just they weren't really given the best stuff to do you've got to work <laughs> with what you you're given right yeah. so you can only do so much but Robert Pattinson, man, like I think everyone gets caught up on him with Twilight. Yeah. It's like that guy Sparkle has vampire. amazing films in his repertoire since that movie. And people just don't realize it. He's done a lot you know? of serious indie movies since since those movies. So, he, yeah, he's really proven himself. Yeah. So I knew he was he had the chops for it. But, man, it, it's it's just a fun one. It's a year one Batman. So that's already kind of exciting. I think it's year two. Year two. Yes, yeah. actually, you are correct. Yeah. You are correct. Um, but I love that he's like still figuring it out, finding himself. Yeah. I love that you get a Gordon that's not already commissioner. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a buddy cop almost him and, and I know, Gordon right. I just, I, and you're getting detective Batman, yeah. which I also really love a um, legitimate detective Batman. Not that weird bullet nonsense in the dark Knight, which I love. It's one of the greatest superhero movies ever, the dark Knight. but that whole Batman or, uh, finding the bullet and then deconstructing it or reconstructing it for a fingerprint was utter nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And you got, and as again, speaking of val- villains, like obviously, you know, we touched on Joker, which is very minor in the grand scheme of that. film. Yeah. But Dano, then again, yeah. you cast interesting people. This is what they, this is what Nolan did, you know, with his Batman trilogies, he cast Academy award winning talent in roles. You would not normally think you would have this kind of talent, and, you know, obviously combined with a good script, it was amazing. And then now you see what happened with the Batman, right? Because uh, Dano was genuinely unhinged and made me super freaked out. And I think it adds to the reason why I love DC Comics is because they're very real, even if they're not. Like, Batman's just a rich guy who has really awesome gear and he's very smart and he's dedicated to, you know, his craft of martial arts and, like, fighting crime. But he has no superpowers. Right. You know, like, his villains... You know, like Dano is playing the Riddler, but the Riddler doesn't have superpowers. He's just a crazy serial killer, really, when well, you think about it. They, that's what they turned him in. That was always the rumor what they were going to do to make the Riddler, like, not just be like, I'm going to steal something and leave a, leave like complicated yeah. clues. But but again, it's not like superhero based, right? Yeah, like, it's it's definitely a movie change that they were that, that people have been fandom wanting them to do, make him into a silico for a long time. But that's definitely not the origins of it. But yeah, they're all pretty much grounded. Like, uh, but he does have his some um, more f- fantasy like because you know, there are fantastic. Yeah, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, Clayface, Bang. you know, they're they're definitely more kind of out there. But that's always the cool thing. Actually, DC, I would argue was way more fantasy and space and spectacle. I always thought growing up that Marvel was more of the grounded one. Um, I mean, it's kind of funny that Marvel's doing all this multiverse stuff because DC was doing that way longer than Marvel. It must make DC so mad that Marvel's gotten to it first. Um, but yeah. Well, so they tried to, the, this is a tangent, but they tried to backpedal and like absolutely destroy Marvel and be like, oh, you think that you have a multiverse? Well, how about this? They released a trailer. I'll put it in the link dump. But it was uh, it was their. Um, oh, God, I don't remember what it was called, but it was basically like their multiverse kind of like basically saying that any DC project that has ever been released, like they just basically like recanoned everything so that like, oh, well, like Adam West Batman was in this earth. And like the Arrow show and like all those people are in this earth. 
And then you've got the Michael Keaton Batman as this Earth, right? So they're all like, they're all they could all come together, and that's yeah. why Flashpoint was so interesting because this was like where they're going to actually prove that have Michael Keaton as Batman coming into Flashpoint, uh, the Flash movie coming out, which I guess is now potentially still coming out. I think it's coming out still, yeah. Yeah, despite Ezra Miller's constant criminal charges. Although I hear up. he's been seeking help. It was part of the stipulations, and I hear he's doing a lot better. I, yeah, there's so much in that yeah. to unwrap that I'm not going to go that much in a tangent. But it was interesting to basically say that like any project they've ever done, technically they all could be in a movie together because they're all from different... like universes if you are earths yeah which i thought was kind of an interesting way to go um i have talked far enough tim <laughs> what is your next pick okay um hmm hmm i'm gonna go with another one that i felt was snubbed mm. um and i'm gonna go with rrr do you see it i love you for choosing that i have yet to see it because uh. it's fucking long as hell but i've seen so much of the visual effects of it it doesn't feel it Man, it is it is so much fun. It, I mean, it did get nominated, I think, for best song, uh, but that's like the only nomination it got, and I feel like that's uh, it needed more. Um, Dude, visually, that movie is insane. Like, I cannot even so imagine much the fun. visual effects budget. Yeah, it's awesome. It's and it's it, it's going for a certain look and tone. So, like, it's it is purposefully not super realistic. Yeah, you know, special effects. It's going for a certain thing. And it nails it. It is just, it's just so much it's fun. Stylized. Um, the action in it is so much fun and it does so many different types of action. Um, there's song and dance, Bollywood type of jeez, oh, um, Bollywood type style stuff that <laughs> is so much fun. Um, wow. Okay. Um, we record a show from home. We no longer have our studio space uh, due to some technical issues with our microphones. But every once in a while, You'll either hear my dog slapping her tail at my desk and or Tim's dog, as you can hear, Gwenny. Yeah, uh, we should probably introduce them as characters in our show or other, you know, hosts. But uh, you'll hear her barking. Well, I guess Luca's here now. So the kids are all running around and now it's getting the dog going. Oh, this um, is wonderful timing. Yeah. I, I, now, I now we're blaming my child. OK, I see no, I'm, I'm more like, <laughs> thanks, Janet. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um. But yeah, uh, sorry, where was I? There's bromance, there's romance. Um, it is long, but I, I didn't, I didn't, it really didn't feel like a slog. It's not like you're pausing it and going, oh man, I'm only such and such into this movie. Now it is captioned and dubbed though, isn't it? You, it depends. It's, it's on Netflix. You can, you can go with the dub or you can go with uh, the original Hindi and dub. I mean, I did Hindi with the, with the subtitles. Yeah, it just it's just better. Yeah, it just comes off better um, with that. It sounds better. Yeah, I mean, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is one that I think was another really big that got a lot of mainstream notoriety that was also subtitled and I wouldn't watch it dubbed. You know what I mean? Like I would watch that with subtitles. So. All right. RRR. I love it. I love it. And I love that it's actually getting as much press as it has been because traditionally films like this would normally not. But. Again, I think if you see the film or even if you watch trailers or some of the behind the scenes, you can understand why it's warranted that it's yeah. getting as much hype as it is. Because, I mean, it's insane. It's an epic. I can't recommend it enough. And it's on Netflix. Um, I think they're writing a sequel to it. I'm, I'm totally down. Um, 
And I really, the whole, the two stars in this movie, like I want to see more of them. They're just, they're, it was just so much fun. That's not a lot. $67 million roughly budget for that film. I mean, that's, that's a, that's not a lot for how long that film is and how visually insane that film is. $67 million budget is not that crazy. Um, don't quote me on that. That was a rough conversion based off of what I just found on the internet, but still, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, it is a big movie, but still, I mean, it was 5.5 billion, uh, Indian rupees. So whatever that conversion is, which currently looks to be about 68 million. It's kind of a bummer that it's only on Netflix. I would have liked to see that movie in a theater. It's, it's pretty epic to look at. Well, part of the problem too, is we live in North Carolina, so it's rare for us to be able to see certain special screenings where they will release it for limited release. It's usually not going to be one of the cities that's near us as far as like Charlotte or Raleigh is probably not going to get a special screening for stuff like that. All right. It's my turn. So you chose RRR. Yeah. Let's see. All right. So I'm going to choose something that is getting a lot of hype. I watched it recently. I actually watched it this morning. Um, I wanted to watch it, and I love Brendan Gleeson. I love Colin Farrell. Mm. I know you know where this is going. But I'm like, dude, it's just like getting nominated for everything. Is it really as good as they're saying? And that is The Banshees of Inishirin. And I got to say, it's not going to be a movie for everybody. It's a movie that... It's not. Yeah, it's more eclectic again. (laughs) Yep. I think it's a very definite black comedy or dark comedy. Extremely, as they pitched it, pitch black comedy. What I will say is you may have to have subtitles, uh, you know, because the accents are very thick. I didn't think it was that bad. I was OK with it, yeah. but I do think that there's some people that will struggle. Um, but I thought it was a funny movie. I, I, I thought it was a funny movie. But honestly, I think, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, it'll be somewhat comedic. You know, in Bruges had its, right. its comedy tone. Right. And obviously this is the same pairing, the same actors now many years later. But what I found it to be is like just really kind of fucking depressing man like i was sad you know like the the tone is it's just and it's it's such a tone that like i think a lot of us can really kind of relate to and i don't know if it's because we're coming out of a pandemic and i don't know if like there was like friendships that maybe we had pre-pandemic that you know given this solitude we were like oh maybe i shouldn't be friends with these people anymore or maybe you know like i i think that we've all kind of had some kind of feeling like this and it may not necessarily be more recently but in general you know, the film ultimately is about a, a friendship that's falling out, but not for any particular reason other than they just don't want to, the one person doesn't want to talk to the other person anymore. Yeah, it's really about the battle between is, should life be more about um, leaving something behind that you will be remembered for and lasting, or is it better just to be a nice, good person? And that's the battle between and and each character the, that are the friendship that is broken apart is on either side of that uh, argument, basically. And I could see his point, you know, like he's he's a he's a musician, the yeah. the person who's initiating this, this 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 breakup, if you will. Yes, Brendan Gleeson's character, uh, calm. But, you know, at the same time, like and I can understand that, too. I always joke because my last name's made up um, because my dad changed his name in college. So my name has no meaning. And so I always joke, I'm like, well, I'm trying to give it meaning, right? Like, <laughs> you know, every credit's another, you know, credit for this name that, you know, is literally there's two of us, right? Um, hopefully soon to be more. So I can understand the concept of like leaving a legacy or leaving something lasting to be remembered for outside of just your immediate, you know, community and or your family and friends, right? But yeah, and then it's like, yeah, he's just such a nice guy. But he's just boring and it's yeah. not like it's leading. It's not giving any meaning to his life to continue talking to us. So he's just like, yeah, I'm just done. 
obviously there's a lot more to it that we're not really mentioning right. where it gets darker than that. Oh, but for sure. It is kind of disappointing and sad, you know, it's like and then it makes that person think about like, well, shit, what am I contributing to life? You know, like what it's it just and it's funny because the whole village gets involved as it does in a small town, in this case, a small island. You know, word gets around and they're just like, well, why are you being so mean? It's like, <laughs> can't escape it. Even from the person that he's trying to no longer talk to, then the whole everyone else has got their two cents into it. Right. Plus a gypsy lady who's, you know, may or may not be a banshee. Right. So, yeah, I, I, it's a fun film. I, I, I enjoyed it. I can understand why it's getting some of the praise. Yeah. I do think it might be still a little overblown, but that could just be me. I think Colin Farrell has a good shot at winning best actor. I think so. He he does fantastic. Yeah. And Brandon Gleason's great too, but For I mean, sure. I think he's nominated as well. I just think that Colin Farrell's got the better odds. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I love Colin Farrell, man. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's great. Especially cuz he really is a character actor. And he he's is? a character actor stuck in a leading man's body. Um, and it's, it's, it's trouble when that happens. Cause it's like they, you know, he and, and people like him will get put in these straight man roles that, you know, should be the hero. And it's like, eh, it's not really what they're meant to do. It's kind of the same thing. Brad Pitt is way more of a, a character actor in a leading man's uh-huh. body, you know, but he's got the look. Yeah, exactly. So he gets every once in a while he gets cast in Troy. Right. <laughs> but something. they're yeah. so much better when they're put in these kind of more offbeat roles and things. And I mean, heck. Colin Farrell, we're talking about, we already talked about the Batman, right? We even bring up him and the Penguin, right? So he's so good. I was yeah. just going to mention that. Yep. Fantastic job. And, you know, they took away his looks right. in that, right? You know, he, you, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't even recognize him between the accent change and his face being significantly different, obviously, his body shape as well. He's playing the Penguin after all. And he does amazing in that. So Yeah. But it, it, even though it's eclectic, it's a lot of fun. If you're kind of into that kind of stuff, it's a good time. Uh, yeah, my wife did not like it. Meg was not a fan. She was so mad at the end of that movie. And I had a big smile and I had so much fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I feel you. Um, hold on one second here. Banshees. Uh, what I do want to mention, though, too, is. Um, yeah, so Barry Keoghan is in that as well. Yeah. However you say his last name. Um, I think it's Keoghan. You would know better than I. Irish names are difficult. Yeah. Yeah. The Siobhan. Try spelling that one. Yeah. Out. That's a fun one. Sounds easy to say. Look at it on paper. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. A lot of their names are like that. But yeah. So but he was fantastic at it, too. You know, like and he was very kind of just like, you know, you could feel for him. And he had some really great small scenes as well that I felt were very impactful, especially his scene with Siobhan at the lake. You know, also depressing kind of, and dark towards the end for his his character. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but yes, I I, I agree. Yeah, um, just a a tortured individual just trying to blend in. You yeah, know, trying to fit in. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I I did enjoy the film. Um, definitely different. Um, all right, it is your turn, sir. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get some some horror on here Uh, and I'm going to go with the barbarian. So see, it's on a lot of people's lists. I did finally see it. I loved it. (laughs) I don't know that it's the best. It's well, it's supposed to be favorites of the year. First off, it is personal favorites. Yes. All right. It is personal favorites um, because it is probably one of the most original, interesting horror movies that we've gotten in years um and so 
how it completely changes on you, how you really don't know who's going to live or die in this movie. Yeah. You see some crazy things that just keeps you on your toe. It, it's, it is scary. It is funny. And I don't know what's going to happen next. And I don't know how you don't love that movie. I just, I love it. And I think horror does not get enough props, especially when talking about Oscars and stuff. Love Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's definitely an interesting one. I mean, we'll try, we're trying not to spoil stuff because yeah. obviously if you're listening to this list, you're like, oh, I'm looking for some movies. This is a great list to look at for movies to watch that you may have missed from last year, especially because most of these will now have been released on Netflix or HBO or various streaming services. Now I did finally watch it. I was excited about it. I think part of it to me too, is like, I knew that it was going to be a different type horror movie. Mm -hmm. So going into it, I immediately was like, Oh, I think this is a red herring. I don't think that this is something to be concerned about. I don't think, you know, cause I knew that it was different. I knew that it wasn't going to follow the similar tropes. Right. So that even having that knowledge, did kind of skew it a little bit for me because it was a little bit more predictable in that sense because I was looking for the unpredictable right. to be the predictable, if, if that makes sense. Uh, and I was right to a degree, but there are definitely times where I'm like, well, is this going to be supernatural or is this going to be a, a killer, like a serial killer thing? Is it be like there are because it could go either way, like right. when you're first kind of like getting into it and you're kind of feeling the vibe of the movie, the, those intro minutes to it. Um you know, it could go either way. And so I do like it because then it kind of it it does choose its path and it really goes into it. But, yeah, it is interesting. What I will say, and I'm going to say this completely out of context, but and I'll try to be spoiler free. But if you find the room that they find in the area where they find it, the fact that they just kind of blow past that as if like, yeah, I'm going to just keep exploring and not immediately freak the hell. Like I'm a normal, sane individual. I feel like, you know, the people that were in the movie were also supposed to be normal saying if you see something like that, you don't just go, hmm, I wonder what else is down here. So that kind of led to the scream nature where it's like, why would you run upstairs when you could go outside or, you know, like I'm assuming you're talking about our the the new lead that comes in like halfway or so into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. To that point, you when you understand his character and who he is and his situation, it makes sense. Yeah. I understand his character. That doesn't surprise me. That does not surprise me. In fact, I actually audibly laughed when he's like more square footage. Yeah. I cackled <laughs> at that like because he is a terrible person. Right. So, no, that I understood. But even some of the reactions of some of the other people like prior to that, I do feel like we're still pretty subdued considering how I would have felt. Um but yeah, anyways, and it was interesting. I mean, like it, it obviously takes place in Detroit oh, yeah. um, and it takes place in the rough part of Detroit. And you can see how very quickly a suburb that was once nice, very quickly deteriorated into what it looks like. I get it. I get it. There's a lot of parts of Detroit that are just fully abandoned. Trust me, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting premise, right? Yeah, it, it really is. It's different. And it's. It's modern to a degree with like, you know, the whole Airbnb and like yeah. you know, all of that aspect to it. And then you're like, well, who's to blame here or who's setting this up or what's it, it does get your mind thinking throughout like who's responsible. I think they build really good tension throughout the movie, too. Yeah, and I just I don't know of a horror movie. There's plenty of horror movies I love this year, but I'm not sure there's one that was better than Barbarian this year. Yeah. And I think it's going to depend on how you look at a horror film, right? Because I also really enjoyed the movie Fresh which I also thought was a fresh perspective mm -hmm. if you 
know what I mean. Uh, did you ever end up seeing the movie Fresh? Didn't get around to it, no. You need to watch it. Because yeah. I think it's in the in a vein where you'd be like, oh, this is unique. That's more of a serial killer type, you know, mm-hmm. comedy, like comedy horror. Um, like it, it, the the horror aspect and the, the scary part, it, it does take that seriously. It's just the way that it delivers it can be comedic at times. Um, but that was a really great film as well that I think is up there as far as like Barbarian and being unique and different compared to what we're used to seeing. Um, all right, cool. Barbarian. I like it. I almost put it on my list, so I'm not going to fight you on that. All right. Um, I did enjoy it. Jack was a little less thrilled with that than I was, but oh, I enjoyed it. Loved it. It was so good. So let's go back to some more mainstream. And I, I know you won't fight me on this with my next pick. Top Gun Maverick. Ah, there it is. It's 11 on my list altogether. It's got to be on the list, I feel like. I mean, like, it was a fantastic film. It's a tough ask to do a sequel that many years later and then to just absolutely exceed expectations. You know, there was a lot of hype leading up to it, of course, so we knew that it was going to be insane. Um, What I didn't know, and I can speak to this again kind of just with some insider information here, how much the visual effects were on it. I, I was a little bit thrown off because I had friends that worked on it, but they worked on certain scenes. But apparently there's a lot more visual effects. Now, again, they're obviously in a jet. Mm-hmm. They're actually flying, whether they're the ones piloting or obviously in most cases it's someone else piloting, they're reacting. Right. But what was interesting is that the jets they were in were not the actual jets they're supposed to be in. So almost every single shot, not only would they have to sometimes replace who's like the cockpit, like how many people are in the cockpit, because some were one-seaters, some were two-seaters, but also um, the actual plane itself would get replaced with the actual jet that they're supposed to be in. Even in the like the close-ups, the plane on the outside of the cockpit was getting replaced. So that was kind of cool, too, hmm. seeing some of that. Um, and it was invisible. Like I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think a lot of people just assume, like, oh, well, they're in the backseat yeah. while someone's flying this exact jet, not realizing, oh, it's not actually the jet. Some of that was for logistical reasons because they literally couldn't get their hands on jets like those or there weren't jets available to even fly for these instances that were like up to date as much as they needed to be. Or they were completely made up. I have to say, I like it. It's a good movie. It's on my, it's 11 out of like my 21 favorites of the year. It's 11 for me. Like it's on my list. But that being said, I feel like it has gotten way overblown, (laughs) way overhyped. I think it's complete nonsense that it's being nominated for best picture. I think. Oh, it's not best picture. I'm going to tell you. It's but on there's my list. a lot it's of people that think it should win. Like it came out right as people were starting to come out more at, of because of COVID. And it was like really the only thing out. Like it's the summer. It's supposed to be summer blockbusters. Right. And there was really nothing coming out. So Top Gun Maverick just kind of owned and made a ton of money and it had the whole nostalgia. So I understand why it got like so blown up, but I think people are going a little too insane for it. Like I also feel like if it didn't have the ending action sequence, it wouldn't be very good. (laughs) And and that ending action sequence is so good. It makes up for a whole lot (laughs) for that, that movie. I agree. Um, and that whole game of football thing on the beach still made no sense. <laughs> well, they had to kind of recreate their volleyball they did, scene. Right? And it was nonsense. But um, yeah, that being said, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was an enjoyable movie for sure. 
I think the thing that's interesting, look, it's Tom Cruise. We talk about him a lot. He's a crazed individual, but as an actor, he's personal favorite of ours. Yeah, it's hard to really downplay his action star capabilities. What I will say is I just recently saw him doing a stunt for the new Mission Impossible movie where he drives off of a fucking bridge that they made and then like, (laughs) you know, parachutes to safety. Awesome. And I'm just like, dude. So insane. Love it. And like what what was really insane was at one point they're like, yeah, we're going to go up in the helicopter. We're going to take a couple of test jumps, you know, just kind of get a feel for it. And I'm like, those test jumps alone would be so insane from an insurance perspective. Like that's not even the scary part of the stunt, right? The scary part is he's going insanely fast on a bridge that if the wind hits him, which very well could and blows him off the bridge, he's totally hosed because it's so many feet in the air. But then also is then jumping off of a cliff on a motorcycle and then parachuting, effectively base jumping with a motorcycle as an assist, which is also insane. But, yeah, there's a moment where they're just, you know, going up for a test jump and he's just like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do a test jump. Real quick. And then he just jumps out <laughs> like it's just so casual, just like, oh, and there goes our our leading star actor <laughs> right out of the helicopter. No big deal. Parachute. Hopefully he doesn't hit the mountain, you know, because. Good gust of wind. There's really nothing you can do. Uh, insane. I can't wait. I love the Mission Impossible series. They're so good. <laughs> Bring it on. And like, I will, and I, I want to, I want to keep this, this momentum. Because speaking of skydiving, he did a whole promo for Paramount Plus with them releasing Top Gun Maverick, where he did a promo in a helicopter. Like, well, I got to film this scene. So, but anyways, I'm super stoked. You guys get to see this movie. Blah blah blah. And then he just jumps out of a helicopter, <laughs> does his thing, you know, as usual. And it was what made me laugh. And we may have touched on this in a previous episode. I can't remember if we did or not. Um, but Simon Pegg did something too. Obviously, Simon Pegg being in the uh, the universe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a callback to one of his favorite films that he's worked on, which was Shaun of the Dead. And so he kind of was just like, well, I was trying to think of something that would be fun. That would be a callback to a movie, you know, like cause since he's doing his promo for Paramount Plus, I want to do something kind of equally fun. And as he's doing this whole dialogue, it's him walking through the street to the shops to get something and then like, you know, come back. And it's literally a recreation of the scene from Shaun of the Dead after the world ends or the apocalypse has begun hmm. and like things are slowly starting to deteriorate. He was like following the same little right. path, going into the little shop and everything, tripping where he tripped in the movie. <laughs> that was kind of like a fun, subtle way. Not nearly as dangerous, obviously, right. as jumping out of a helicopter, no. but I thought it was funny. <laughs> So, but yeah, so I think it warrants it. I do think it's a good movie. Yes, it has been overhyped. I also don't like some of the actors. Um, their press junkets, I don't like them because of their press. Like Hangman, for instance. I, I don't know. I get a weird vibe off of him. Like any press that he's always done, it just seems like. And again, I can't tell if they're doing a character thing. They've done this with Superbad. Yeah. Where they made Michael Sarah out to be this asshole and like all the behind the scenes. But it was a joke. But it's like it's been going on for so long now that it's like, well, is it a joke or is he just an asshole? And like this, not not saying Hangman's an asshole, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be like, I was in that Top Gun movie like 20 years from now, <laughs> having not been in anything relevant for the next 20 years. He's like, but I was Hangman in that Top Gun. I feel like he's the kind of guy that would, which I mean, in fairness, it was a big role for him and it is awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, nonetheless. I've gone on my rant. There's my soapbox. <laughs> it's your turn. Choose another awesome movie. Well, I was letting you go there. I'm, I'm, I got so many on this list. I don't know where I want to go with next. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Let's see. So I, let's see. One, two, three. Oh yeah. This is your last yeah. one, huh? 
Yeah. Although I get a couple, uh, one or two honorable you mentions. You get some honorable but, mentions. Um, I'm going to go with Glass Onion. Okay. Um, I thought the Glass Onion movie was a lot of fun. Um, it, it's A lot of people say better than the original. I, th- I think so. I think that's accurate. I think it is better than the original. Uh, and I loved Knives Out. Um, but this one, I don't know. It's, it's just... Um, all the characters are so interesting and unique again. Um, it's a really fun mystery. Uh, Daniel Craig is just awesome in it. I, I don't know what else to say. It's it's just, it's a lot of fun. I don't, I think this one's a crowd pleaser too. I really think everyone uh, in, can enjoy this one. You know, it's not as some of the other dark, <laughs> more complicated ones, I guess. Um, but yeah, having a good detective story, man. What can, you can't go wrong with that one. Um no good time well and i love seeing daniel craig in these roles i mean like he is a great serious actor but he's so freaking hilarious like some of my favorite roles obviously i do think he's a fantastic james bond um but some of my favorite roles are are some of the outliers like i love him in uh uh was it uh logan lucky yeah he's really good in that like no one saw that coming no accent well i guess definitely an accent just not his normal accent he's he's doing like a southern accent i think in that one yeah. yeah, and he's got like a high pitched quality to his voice yeah. too. Like, it's just it's hilarious. Like, it's just not expected. Every scene he's in, he steals. He's got great comedic timing. He really does. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's just a fun movie. It really is. I, I don't want to say anything more. I mean, it's again, it's on Netflix. I, I think everybody needs to check it out. It's a good time. Agreed. All right. Well, shit. Now, oh my god. Now I got to pick my last movie. Oh my god. The stakes. Oh, wait, did I already? Yeah, I do, because you went first. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, see, I don't know, because I'm... I'm. Oh, see, this is where we're getting into the hot takes, right? <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't work on this movie, so I can, you know, be, be free to say stuff. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the effects, both practical and visual. I enjoyed the spectacle that is this movie, I feel that the only way that you could do a movie about this individual is to do it on a scale that is of this nature. However, and again, and I'm, I'm leading up to this a lot and it's going to all make sense here in about two seconds when I name the movie. But what I will say is the actor did a fantastic job. I feel like he lost himself in the process and has now just remained this person moving forward. Oh, okay. I know there was a lot of, People saying like, well, he's had a deep voice before. I'm like, yeah, but he didn't sound like fucking Elvis. That's the movie Elvis. Okay, like, I'm sorry, but it's insane. Like, I think, you know, at the Golden Globes is a perfect example of this, right? He comes up there, he takes his award, and the second he starts talking, I'm like, how is nobody in that room laughing at how insane this is, right? Yes, he. a lot of the press he did before this movie came out like his bigger movies where there was press. He was younger. So yes, his voice can change, whether that's alcohol, whether that's just general aging, whether it's smoke, whatever things can change your voice. Your voice can get deeper over time. The quality of your voice can change. I'm not disagreeing with that, but he didn't become this fucking Southern charmer. Okay. (laughs) Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen. Okay. Like that's, and so, yeah, he gets on the stage like, well, uh, I just want to, I want to thank uh, Priscilla and uh, the 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 Presley family for really taking me in and uh, you know really making me feel at home. You know this is it was a big 
Blah streams the field. Yeah, like he just fucking sounds like like I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just too much for me, and so it is taking away from the film a little bit because he's so goddamn distracting, and I'm I'm getting you can tell I'm amped up by the swearing increasing, but yeah, man, I mean. I do think the movie's good. I think it would have been better if it was more Elvis centric and featured less of the Colonel. I don't give it. I mean, yeah. it's revealing. Obviously, the Colonel obviously had a big part to play in his life. I, I guess, but it's like a weird version. Like it's not even an accurate version of the Colonel. Like it's, it's super weird and out there. I, I thought Tom Hanks actually did a bad job. I agree. I didn't like it. I didn't like the movie. I I, I, I'm I like little, the Elvis parts. I don't like the parts with Tom Hanks. With the music, I guess, is good. But I, I also have a dislike of the biopic in general. I'm not a fan of the genre. Um, I, I think all it turns into is a greatest hits. And you don't get any kind of like real drama. You don't get any real story. Because it's just, it's just blip, blip, blip. We're going through. And... I, I I think that's basically what happens in almost every biopic. The only biopics I sent tend to like is when they focus in on one point in time is usually the biopics that I typically like more because um, you really get something. And I feel like in this Elvis movie, there was like one time where it kind of slowed down for him to actually have kind of like an, a, a real dramatic moment or anything. I agree. With Otherwise, that. it's just speeding on through. And of course, it's another one of the another problem we're having with biopics is they're coming from the people or the estate. Um, so you're not getting a real authentic version. There will be bias. Yeah. It, all of these biopics recently are insanely biased. They're all coming from the band or the estate or whatever. Um, so you're not getting anything real. And, and, and again, you never really focus on anything long enough because you got to move on to get to the next point of the, the character's life. So I just, I, I, I just generally just dislike it because of that. But if you're like, yeah, I love the music and it's, and, and Boz Lerman is, is some, can be a great visual storyteller. I get it. Sure. Then I guess it's for you. It's just, it, it's just not for me. I'm not a fan. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I get it, man. I, I feel you. I mean, my my thing, too. Um, and I actually I said I disagree. I do agree with you on the biopic genre to a degree. Like, I right. do feel like those are the crucibles that every film that's in that genre has to overcome. And many don't. There are obviously outliers to that. And the one that comes to mind for me would be Walk the Line. Mm -hmm. That's a fantastic film. And that does kind of cover. I mean, it does tend to focus on, you know, a, a part of his life for sure. Right. But it does cover some of the early beginnings, but right. it does kind of breeze over those where then it lands on. And I will say, I mean, like, I don't know how involved the family was. I would imagine very much so. It's not it's not flattering. You know, it is very revealing. I mean, his his drug and alcohol abuse uh, or pro addiction problems were heavily, you know, filmed you yeah. know, and in as a part of that film and a part of his character. But I also think that the difference about that, too, is this Johnny Cash and he lived a dark life and he saying about being a criminal, whether he was one or not, you know, it's like, so I feel like it is almost kind of on brand to explore those things. But regardless, he was more open about stuff in general. Yeah, it's still damaging to someone's character. Sure. You know, like it's not like flat. They're not great. It's they're great scenes, but it doesn't make him look like a great person, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So but I love that movie and I love Joaquin Phoenix in that film. Uh, it's one of my favorite biopics of a musician. I mean, I'm a huge country fan, older country, outlaw country, Johnny Cash being one of those. Yeah. Um, and his performance is insane. Like, and he's saying it. 
you know, and I just worked on a movie, you know, that was a biopic that, you know, we're not going to talk about in that <laughs> regard, but at least negatively. But what I'll say is, you know, they chose they chose not to um, have the actors sing. Uh-huh. So anytime you hear them singing, it is, you know, the movie is I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston movie. It is Whitney Houston singing. Um, but again, I think part of that point is the whole point of the film and the marketing strategy for that film was that it was about the voice. Like this is a once in a lifetime voice. You know, there's not going to be anyone that has a voice quite like hers. So if you're going to market it that way and you're going to film it like that, then it kind of makes sense that you would use her actual voice when singing. Right. Because, you know, then you're like, well, this actress is able to mimic it. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make as much sense. Right. And I think that they did a really good job. Like you feel like it is her singing, obviously. And Naomi Atkins did a fantastic job kind of embodying that role uh, as Whitney Houston as well. But I can understand where you're coming from with the whole concept of the trials and tribulations that most biopics struggle with, especially in the musician category. Yeah. And especially for musicians that have a long legacy, right? If it's one thing if you do a biopic on someone that's only been popular for like five, six years. It's another thing when they've been popular for like 50 years and then it's like, oh shit. And they have a deep seated fit. Like if they did a Beatles movie. Yeah. A biopic about the Beatles. Holy shit. I would not want to be involved in that. Yeah. Because there would be so much anticipation in that film and build up that I actually left the theater scene. I want to dance with somebody since we're kind of at the end here. Um, we'll do our honorable mentions. But I did leave the theater uh, seeing it with my um, fiance. And she said she was curious when they're going to be doing a Michael Jackson biopic. And I initially said, well, there's a lot of bad press about that. And obviously with the documentaries and whether you choose to believe or disbelieve, you know, the allegations alleged against him, it's like, I just don't know. But she made a really good point. There was also a lot of darkness around Whitney Houston. Yeah. And it still was a good movie, you know, and there was still a lot of. Did they get into any of that? uh, They do touch on that for sure. But it's not like it's not the point, you know, but that's the thing, though. It's like and so and she even mentioned similarly that, like, if you focus on a part of that person's life. You know, like you don't focus on like the other stuff, but like just like a, a moment in their life. Because the thing that was really cool about the Whitney Houston movie, and I think and some biopics that they get into this is being involved in the making of iconic stuff. Like there's a Beatles documentary on Disney mm-hmm. and they're in a soundstage and they're coming up with music for an album. And they're just like diddling around on the guitar and like, oh, yeah, I'm working on this song. I think it's going to be really good. And it's like a fucking crazy famous song of theirs. Yeah. But to see it in its infancy stages, like to be involved in that, it's like crazy. And I'm like, could you imagine him coming up with the idea of the thriller movie music video and like being on the set, even if it's dramatized of the thriller, like such an iconic music video and song to be involved in something like if that was like one of the things that they focus on. Right. Like, oh, this is kind of crazy. You're doing a whole film for a music video like this is not something that's usually like. It was just so different, and I think that would be really cool. Um, but, I mean, that's also a really troubling one because we talk about people who've been famous for a long time. He was famous since he was six. Right. You know, like, he was literally famous since he was but six. But, again, see, I would be so much more interested in one point in his life because you could, like, uh, the Judy Garland movie, Judy, right? They focused on a one point in her life, right? That movie is excellent. Um and, and I think you could tell so much about the whole person's life just by focusing on this one kind of moment in their life. And you get so much more story and drama and just some great acting in that kind of a movie. I just want that more. Yeah, and it would allow you to avoid some of the more less 
wonderful things you would want. Like, obviously, you don't want to talk about, obviously, the court cases. and everything. Right. I get it. But what I'm saying is I do think that there's enough people that would be able to go into that movie and see it, be excited about it. But then it would obviously have backlash. So, yeah, that's the that's the thing. But I I mean, I, it's hard to not. I mean, there was a, a TV movie mm-hmm. that was made many, many years ago with actually a really good cast. Um, but again, I, I, it would be interesting to see like a very like high level, like very like, you know, visually stunning, good director, good cinematographer, good actors, you know, and a good script um, for a feature film, I think would be interesting. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Time will yeah. tell. Honorable mentions. Hit me with your your two. I'm limiting uh, you to two. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to go with one I just saw last night, which is all quiet on the Western front. Okay. We touched on whether or not like you were you were interested, but you were like, it's long. We talked about it. Dinner. Yeah. So how did it go? It is long, but um, it's pretty good, man. Um, I have to say it, it really nails uh, World War One. Um, and, and, um, there is some, some gorgeous visuals to go with that movie. The cinematography in that movie is pretty stellar. Um, I, I was kind of watching it and again, I was like, man, these Netflix movies that are, they're exclusive to Netflix. Like this should have been in a theater. Like, I really wish I saw this in a theater. Uh, and that was kind of the takeaway. I saw the opening to that film and I realized how long it was. And so I too was like, oh, I'm going to have to come back to this. But even just seeing the opening, I'm like, fuck, this would have been amazing in a theater. Can you imagine that in an IMAX? There's there's a sequence where um, they're doing the whole trench warfare thing and then the tanks and the flamethrowers come out and it is the best scene in the whole movie. And it's it's like worth the price of admission, just that that part of the movie. So fun. Should I give my other one too? Yeah, go for it. Um, I'm going to I'll do. Don't worry, darling. Really? Yeah, I, I thought it was good. You know, um, I think it got it got killed a lot. And you know what? I thought it was good. I thought it was a fun time. Um, some pretty awesome acting in it. And uh, yeah, don't worry, darling. Why not? I got a lot of other fun ones on this list. I had a hard time picking out my order. Um, you know, once I got to the, you know, towards the bottom of my 10. But I have to say, like, uh, you picked Nope and the Batman and Banshees. And that was all within my top 10 as well. So these, you know, all quiet and don't worry, darling, are a little further down. Um, but yeah, I thought all quiet and and don't worry, darling, were pretty solid movies uh, for this year. And um, I was I almost did uh, the Woman King, but um, I was very close to that one. You know what's interesting about the Woman King is that it actually did come up on nomination lists. Yeah. I, which I was kind of surprised by a little bit. I thought it should have gotten more nominations, to be honest. I think the, that one got slight snubbish as well um, for The Woman King. That was pretty good. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one in there. Um, so for me, this is more on the visuals. As you do. Than at anything. And yes, it's hard for me to remove that from myself. Um, 3,000 Years of Longing. Wow. Which is interesting, I know, because we talked about it briefly on our show. We actually had a failed episode. You didn't like it. Uh, due to technical difficulties, <laughs> and I fell asleep in it. But I watched it again, and I watched a shit ton of the behind the scenes on that, and just a general, like, how they filmed it, what their purpose was behind the film, and just really kind of got a lot more, I, I guess, I don't know, just it made it more impactful for me. And so I actually ended up enjoying it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, 
because I was watching a lot of behind the scenes, watch and reading a lot of articles about it from the filmmakers um, and the people involved. And it made me want to watch it again. And when I watched the second time, now having seen all of this and read all what I had read, it actually did make me enjoy the film a lot more. It's a good time. And there is some fun special effects in it. Yeah, I really like that story. I, uh, I yeah, we left the theater. You I came with uh, my brother Patrick and I, and Patrick and I were like, "Yeah, that was really good." And you're like, eh, "Are we sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's so shocking to hear you come all the way around on it. Now I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back with now. This is more personal favorite. Now this is actually really interesting because. Um, it popped up in my uh, my submissions for the nomination event that I had to do. It was like a nine hour event virtual where we had to like go through like all the stuff together as a panel, ask questions, do all this stuff. And then we had to vote at the end. And I was kind of surprised to see it pop in there, which was Bullet Train mm. uh, popped in yeah. um, for one of the categories. And it was for the train sequence um, when the train crashes. And I got to tell you, like, it was actually really impressive seeing like all the like what went into that. And how I mean, it. I think it still looks good. I mean, it's it's obvious visual effects, but it it does look really cool. But yeah, I really fucking enjoyed Bullet Train, dude. Like, it's just a really fun. It's a fun action enjoyable movie. movie. Um, you've got some standout characters that really stole it again, as we've touched on on the show uh, when we reviewed it, which was Tangerine and Lemon. Our fantastic Brad Pitt throughout the entire film is fantastic. Um I just really love that movie. I think it's a really fun one. If you haven't seen it yet, I do highly recommend it. It's on Netflix now, of all places. It's been on Netflix for a while. I was actually kind of shocked it landed on Netflix as early as it did. They come out earlier and earlier these days. I'm frustrated because some of them haven't come out yet. Like, uh, I didn't mention The Fablemans because it's not out streaming yet. And I didn't get to a theater. And I so I I still got to see The Fablemans. I still got to see Tar. Um, I have not seen woman talking or triangle of sadness yet. Those are the ones I still need to get out to. And then of course I have my hatred yeah, of Avatar. is high on my list. And I'm a big Spielberg fan. There was a fantastic, I believe HBO documentary. It was a three part series, uh, about his whole like life and his, like his career. And it was just really fascinating. Like, cause I think a lot of people have a rough understanding of like how integral he is to film, mm-hmm. especially like more recently, um, like over the past, like during his time, but like just seeing like it was just crazy. It was really interesting just to see how he got into filmmaking, to see like how and why he was a success as, as successful as he was, and then also his inspiration and his his collaboration with so many other yeah. very prominent filmmakers. That whole group that came out of USC is insane, you know, like that. Like, and you've got your Francis Ford Coppola, your George Lucas, you know, like all these people coming out of a similar time. And helping each other is just really wild. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, w- I would really like to see Fablemans. Um, and I, I do think that it probably is a really great movie. Um, all right, cool. So to recap our top 10 and not necessarily in order, but we do have our top 10. The Menu, Nope, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Batman, RRR, Banshees of Insurance. Uh, Barbarian, Top Gun, Maverick, Glass Onion, and Elvis. Our honorable mentions would be All Quiet on the Western Front, Don't Worry Darling, as well as 3,000 Years of Longing and Bullet Train. Yeah. I think it's a good list. Yeah. If you haven't seen any of those, I would highly recommend you check them out. 
And with that, I think it's time that we end our show. Do you want us to talk us out? You want to lead us out of this bad boy? All right. Please show your support for the podcast by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you happen to listen to or watch the show, which I don't think we're watching anymore. But anyway. Yeah, I got to update that. My bad. My <laughs> it's bad. It's all good. <laughs> Sharing with friends never hurts. Be sure to follow us on social media uh, to get the latest show updates. You can find us by searching for the hashtag film as we know it pod. Lastly, thank you for turning to another episode of the film as we know it podcast. Peace out, everyone. Have a great week.